0: you have to make space for each person to communicate their selves and their feelings and their thoughts. So, that's a big piece of it. And tactical empathy means you don't have to agree with or even embody how the other person is feeling, but you have to understand how they're feeling and where they're coming from.
1: (laughs) Hey there, ass kickers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am so glad that you are here and so incredibly grateful that you spend time with me, whether you're in the car, whether you are working out. I know some of you listen to my podcast while you're in the shower. Hi, and when you're cooking, just all kinds of places that you are, I appreciate you so, so much. I wanted to mention that if you have not read my very first book, I know a lot of you either found this podcast or maybe you were already a listener and you read How to Stop Feeling Like Shit or listened to it on audiobook, but a lot of you haven't read my very first book, which is 52 Ways to Live a Kick-Ass Life. BS-Free Wisdom to Ignite Your Inner Badass and Live the Life You Deserve. How much do I love that subtitle? It is also on audiobook. so if you have some backed up credits like I do, I have seven credits that I need to use. Oh my gosh. Uh, it is over there on Audible and it is uh, all the major retailers at bookstores, on Amazon, target.com, all of those places. It's one of those books that I specifically wrote so that you can just jump to any chapter that calls out to you. There's 52 chapters. They're all really short, so you can check out the table of contents, and you're like, hmm, this one sounds interesting, or I need to work on this. Just jump to it and get, you know, bite-sized wisdom that's from me, so you always know that it's BS-free. All right, so we have a returning guest today. Alex Jamison is back on the podcast. She has a new book that came out that she wrote with her husband all about communication. Anytime someone is an expert on communication, I am all ears because personally, I never learned how to do this. <laughs> I just thought you communicate by, you know, blurting out what was on your mind without any filters. Sometimes being confrontational, like that's that's what you needed to do to get your point across. Well, apparently that's not how it works. I, I learned the hard way, which I know many of you probably have as well. So I love any type of process that comes along that's easy to remember so that when I do have something hard to communicate, it doesn't even really need to be hard, but just anything important to communicate, that I know what to do, I know what to say ahead of time to make sure that I show up as my best self, I can be proud of how I showed up in that conversation, really regardless of how it turns out. So that's what we're gonna talk about today. So, for those of you that don't know Alex, let me tell you a little bit about her. Alexandra Jameson is the best-selling author of five books and co-creator/slash co-star of the Oscar-nominated documentary Supersize Me. She is a highly sought-after success mentor and motivational guide for thousands and has made it her mission to empower women to create epic Lives. Her work has been praised by Oprah, The Today Show, Dr. Oz, Goop, Martha Stewart Living, The New York Times, and many others. As a lifelong learner, her wellness expertise has grown out of a decade of experience, as well as her education at the Natural Gourmet Institute, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, and a certification in Applied Positive Psychology. So without further ado, here is Alex. <laughs>
0: Alex, welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me back.
1: I think that it's applicable this book. <laughs> you and I were chatting before about all the goings on of what's, you know, happening now in 2020 and hard conversations needing to to have happen and and you wrote this amazing book with your husband and I want to I want to jump in and I'm I'm super curious because you know I know that the work that you do with women, and you know you sent me the email that you had written this book with your husband about about tough conversations. So what inspired you to write this book?
0: You know, it's funny how you um, realize why you did something after you've done it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we ha- we had reasons for why we wrote it in the first place, but I'm seeing a lot more reasons why now. So I'll tell you the initial inspiration was. Um, my now husband, Bob, and I, and we've been together about nine years. Um, We were together for a few years. I, I have been a coach for 20 years. He's been a consultant for about a decade. And we realized that his corporate work and my individual work, there was a lot of overlap in terms of the problems people were having and the tools that we used. We had different vocabularies, but we found a lot of the same core issues. I always used to joke with him that He's basically dealing with people who are reconstructing their toxic family systems in the workplace. (laughs) Uh,
1: True. People (laughs) bring all their stuff to work.
0: They do. We actually got asked by some friends of ours to teach a small private workshop for couples. And we had like four or five couples over. And I'm
1: so sorry. I'm in New York City and there's just going to be traffic noises in the background. (laughs) You sort of can't avoid it. It's it's either that or sirens or garbage trucks, like something. It's a very glamorous
0: (laughs) podcasting life here. Beep, beep, beep. Here we go. Um, So we taught this workshop and the first thing that we realized was, oh, people are coming to this workshop. Couples are coming together for very different reasons. Like it was Mm -hmm. basically a lot of women dragging their male partners, I'll be honest. Okay, yeah. And and we realized, oh, they're not on the same page about why they're here. And we have to get everybody into a lot, like let's get clear about what brought people here. So we threw this workshop together for couples and we realized we had to get the couples on the same page about why they were there together. It was obvious Mm -hmm. that one person was feeling obliged to be there, and the other had some issues they needed to work out with the other person. So we came up with this really simple clarifying conversation for everyone based on a whole bunch of different work and tools that we had used. And Andrea, I tell you what, we're a little slow on the uptake. It was... (laughs) We taught this workshop a couple times, and this was the one tool that people kept asking us about. People kept texting and calling and emailing. What was that four-part conversation again? What was that? Wait, what was that four-part thing? I have to have another tough conversation. Can you walk me through it again? And we realized, oh, wait, people keep asking for this one tool. How we got to put this in a Google spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. And that's how it like eventually became a book because people kept asking for this thing. And then we kept using it in our work and we kept using it in our marriage and then with our son. And it became this all purpose way to bring two or more people into alignment about tough topics.
1: So what are, what are some situations in which we can use them? And, and where did you see these people? Like, did they come in for help for one thing and then it ended up helping them in other situations in their life?
0: So they were, the, the first workshop was about their sexual relationship. Okay. And where they wanted it to go. So this is a tough topic for a lot of people. You guys went in the deep end. (laughs) We really did. did. And you know, usually there's one person who wants. There's like a high desire partner and a low desire partner. And that's a that's tricky emotional ground to go Mm -hmm. over together. So we used it initially for that. And we're like, well, if it works for this, let's try it. Let's try it for our vacation plan. So we would use it for, okay, you know, going to visit. Toxic family members. Um, we would use it with our son for the first day of school, like kicking off the school year. Or, you know, I, I share my son with his dad. We co-parent, so you know, I would have conversations with my son or with his father about how we were parenting. We we would have it. actually Bob and I had used the conversation over and over again to decide to get married and then to plan our wedding. Okay.
1: So it sounds like it, it, it kind of can bleed out into other areas of your life with whomever and whatever situation.
0: Yeah, we've gotten feedback from, you know, teams that work at technology companies that use it to kick off a project Bob has used it in boardrooms with the, like the C-suite, the executives about, you know, pivoting their company's mission. Um, And then we've had middle school teachers reach out to us and say, I'm now using this to teach my kids how we're going to interact together in the classroom. And our, our mutual friend, Rebecca Baruki of Beck's life. Mm -hmm. She's really the reason why we finally wrote this book because she was so adamant that this process changed her marriage and how she parents her five children
1: she's like you guys have got to put this in a book it changed yeah. my life <laughs> yeah it's really interesting that you know there's i think there's so many gaps in in public school and and they just honestly can't touch all of them with the limited time and resources that they have but communication i believe is one of them and i think so many Problems can be solved by just two people having a thoughtful and healthy and mature conversation, but we don't know how to do that. So tell us about like how do we fall into traps of bad communication, which I feel like it, a lot of times is the norm.
0: Oh, it's completely the norm. It's not just schools. Where would teachers learn how to do this? Right. Where do we? <laughs> I grew up in. Oh, I grew up in a family where important emotional or high-stakes conversations got not physically violent, but emotionally violent. They were Mm -hmm. terrifying to me as a child. So I learned to avoid talking about important topics. I was terrified to bring up emotional topics. We we had a a kind of a traumatized family. There was addiction and mental health issues. So I was the people-pleasing, perfectionistic, good girl, I was the smoother over, the diplomat. So I didn't learn how to have tough topics until my 30s, mm-hmm. really. And most people grow up in homes where they are not taught by their parents, they're not modeled, you know, mature, clear
1: communication strategies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard some parenting advice somewhere along the way that talked about. If you ever have a disagreement or an argument in front of your children, make sure that you also model for them you coming back together and making up because a lot of times what happens is you know you, you do end up making up with your partner and smoothing things over somehow, but the children don't see that and so they just see the disagreement or feel the tension in the house and then they don't ever see how it was remedied. And I thought that was really interesting to to kind of show the entire, you know the, the whole cycle of what that can look like.
0: Absolutely, and you know there's there's other kind of truisms about relationship that Bob and I have examined. It, you know through the writing of the book, and we're like, oh, these are actually things that we don't do. Or there's certain things that we're very clear that we do and how we relate together as a couple, and then how we model that and share that with our son. And one of them that we <laughs> we decided was the most horrible advice you can give to anyone that whole never go to sleep angry thing that is the
1: worst it's yeah the let's worst. just
0: say it right now <laughs> it's the worst i'll tell you what we have a whole chapter in the book about like ways times you should not communicate to like take a break from each other if you're exhausted right like my husband God bless him. He would always get more energy before bed and then want to talk about something really important. Whereas I have no willpower left. I'm exhausted mm-hmm. and cr- I'm like, don't talk to me. And then he would want to get into something heavy, which would just evolve into misunderstandings and hurt feelings. And we finally realized, I was like, we cannot, if you have something important to talk about, please schedule a time with me
1: tomorrow mm-hmm. when I'm awake. Yeah. <laughs> I and I'm awake. <laughs> And I can be my best self.
0: Yeah, exactly. When, you know, when you're tired, you're not present. The other exactly. Thing, the other things that we avoid are, are you hungry? Is mm-hmm. either of you hungry? Have you not eaten in a while? Pause. The, either one of us can pause the conversation. Hey, I need to eat first and then let's talk. Or have yeah. you eaten in a while? And the other one is, if either of us have had even one glass of alcohol, we do not go and like, oh, you had a glass of wine with dinner. You know what? Let's pause this conversation until tomorrow. We don't even drink that often. Mm -hmm. But so, so of course, I'm a total lightweight. So even a half a glass of wine and I have no filter and I'm just, Mm -hmm. I'm like not patient, not really listening. So conversations just don't go as well.
1: That's interesting and important. I, I don't drink anymore. I have nine, almost nine years of, nine years at the end of September of sobriety. And, mm-hmm. um, but I used to, when I was drinking and I wasn't like you, like I would have drank like three glasses of wine and then I suddenly want to have a heart to heart with my husband, which is not helpful at all. Mm-hmm. A, I wasn't remembering what I was talking about the day before. And I just wasn't, I wasn't, my, you know, it wasn't clear. It just doesn't work. I'm interrupting this conversation to share a few words about some of our wonderful sponsors. Voting should be free, fair, safe, and easy to access. The 2020 election presents us with a call to rise and fight those who plot and mobilize to undermine our right to vote. Those in power erect barriers to hold onto that power and prevent people of color, young people, and people with disabilities from exercising our right to share our vision for America. Whether making it harder to register and stay on the rolls, closing polling places, or rejecting lawful ballots, opponents of our democracy continue to deploy a host of tactics that threaten fair representation. You don't have to wait until November 3rd to cast your ballot. Be an October voter. In most states, you can vote early in October. Request your mail ballot, Return your completed ballot in the mail or in person or vote early at an early voting location. There's no time to waste. Treat every day like election day to make sure all voices are heard. Make a plan to vote. Be an October voter. Visit andstillivote.org to join the fight for voting rights today. That's andstillivote.org, paid for by the Leadership Conference Education Fund. We are supported by Green Chef. In March, my husband became a stay-at-home dad and took from me the role of planning, shopping for, and cooking dinner. Since he'd never done this before, we were looking for a solution to make this giant task easier. Green Chef recipes are quick and easy with step-by-step instructions, chef tips, and photos to guide you along. They have a diverse array of meal plans with plenty of options to choose from each week. Just one of the meals that we had that was so amazing orange sesame chicken salad. Y'all, it was so good. It said that it served two, but it could have, I think it could have easily been three. There was some left over, and I was so happy when I asked my husband, Do you want the rest of it? And he said no, because then I began shoveling it. Just straight from the big salad bowl and ate the rest of it. With Green Chef's wide variety of high-quality, clean ingredients, you can feel great about what you're eating and how it got to your table. Green Chef is a USDA-certified organic company. Meal plans include vegan, vegetarian, paleo, and keto. Go to greenchef.com slash kickass80 and use code kickass80 to get $80 off across four boxes, including free shipping on your first box. Again, that's greenchef.com, use code kickass80. And thank you for supporting our sponsors because that in turn supports this show. And now back to my conversation with Alex. I'm curious about, you may have already answered this, so forgive me, but you talk about the missing conversa- conversation and that's a common culprit in miscommunication. So can you speak more on that, that missing conversation?
0: Yeah, so the the missing conversations are... It's, it can either be really important details within a topic that just get breezed over. Right, like we make assumptions, especially if we've been with our partner for a long time, we make assumptions about how they may feel or what they may be thinking. We may do it with our kids too. We may uh-huh. think that we know them better than they know themselves. And in some mm-hmm. cases that may be true, but you have to make space for each person to communicate their selves and their feelings and their thoughts, so that 's a big piece of it and when we go through I would love to model the the four steps of the conversation in a moment, but when you go through it, the conversation structure we call it the all in method it asks you specific questions that are usually completely ignored about important topics, and when we make assumptions and then take action based assumptions. People get hurt, right? Relationships get damaged, and then habits just, bad habits just keep perpetuating themselves.
1: I see. Yes. That is actually something that I have tried to become so much better at with the people in my life, especially like you said, my kids and my husband, that when I find myself talking to them and about to say something, or it does come out of my mouth, you know, making an assumption about how they feel or what they were thinking based on their actions or just their body language or whatever. I use that phrase that we often use in in our world of I'm making up that, or, you know, my assumption is that this, and then I I put the question on, on them, like, am I right about that or am I wrong? Is it something else? And, and I have found that, you know what? A lot of times I'm wrong. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm so glad that I asked because I totally assumed something else.
0: Yeah. And it's um, I think, and Andrew, I'd love to hear what you think about this. I think it's particularly tricky and it's a trap that people like us who are coaches, and mm-hmm. we're actually really good at doing this with our clients, we should not be coaches in our relationships. Right. unless specifically asked by our partners to coach them
1: 100%. Right? Yeah, <laughs> it's not it's not fair and we're not always accurate with the people closest to us. I also find that and I think a lot of my listeners can relate to that even if they're not coaches or therapists, but because they they tend to be all in with personal development and they know a lot, you know, they're very self-aware. I'm going to give them that. I tend to come to a conversation, especially a difficult, vulnerable conversation, and put on my quote unquote expert hat and my coach hat because it's less vulnerable for me. Because if I just show up as my raw kind of naked self, Mm -hmm. that's a lot more difficult and scary and risky for me than if I come in as the expert and the all-knowing. It's very much like know-it-all-ish, you know, like, let yes. me tell you. And it's maybe a little bit even contemptuous at times, which I have mm. to be very, very careful of that.
0: Right. Well, one of the um, one of the experts that we are inspired by in our book, Radical Alignment, and we refer to him a lot, is this man, Chris Voss, who was an FBI hostage negotiator.
1: And I think he- I watched him on... Um, um, that, what is that Masterclass. mastery? Yes, master class. Yeah. I watched mm-hmm. his. Yeah, it was really good.
0: His work is really fascinating. And he talks about how listening is a martial art. And mm-hmm. you have to develop tactical empathy with the other person, whether it's your client or your husband or your child. And tactical empathy means you don't have to agree with or even embody how the other person is feeling, but you have to understand. How they're feeling and where they're coming from,
1: Yes, and that takes well, you tell me, like what do you think that learning how to do that takes? My first thing is like takes a lot of patience and a <laughs> lot of like putting your ego aside. <laughs> well,
0: so there there definitely is an ego check. Mm-hmm. right? You were just saying a moment ago that you have to be careful of not stepping into important conversations with your expert hat on, right. I, had to, I, I sometimes have to do the same thing, right? Not making assumptions that I know anything. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, again, growing up in the, the family system that I did, I think a lot of people will relate to this. I thought in order to have a tough conversation, somebody was going to win and somebody was going to lose. Right. So I had to come prepared to argue to the death and defend my point of view and be right. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't know, like with 10 sets of facts to back up every point, then I would just not have the conversation because I didn't want to lose because that felt horrible. So I avoided tons of conversations in my life, which, you know... I'm on marriage too, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, who knows what could have happened differently. But what has changed in using the all-in, and I use it every day. I use it by myself to plan things. I use it with my family in my work. What's happened is I've switched from that win-lose mentality to, oh, we're going to figure this out together. They, I don't have to know the answer. In fact, I cannot know the answer if I'm in conversation with someone else. Even if it's with my 13 year old, he has information and feelings that need to into account. So I know as much as they know, maybe less.
1: Yeah, who? That's that's some grown up conversations right there. <laughs> <laughs> adulting. <gasps> Emotional maturity at 45, finally. That is adulting. Well, I do, I want to ask you about the four steps in the in the all-in method in just a second, but what you were just talking about made me think about um, just women in, in general, and, and yes, we're going to be generalizing here, but when you were talking about your childhood, it made me think and wonder, you know, as women growing up in a patriarchal culture where we are taught that you know for the most part you know that that men um are in charge and i think that this can have its effect on us when we walk into conversations you know feeling like we need to step back a little bit and make more room for the other person especially if it's a man what what have you seen in your when you're training people around this and and having conversations with with both men and women
0: Yeah. So here's the beauty of what we teach with the All-In Method. There's something called team psychological safety that we go into in the book. And psychological safety means that the people in a group, and that can mean a couple, the people in a group feel, they have determined for themselves that this is a safe place to take Interpersonal risks, to be vulnerable, to share ideas. Okay, so you are the only one who can determine if you feel safe. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways, one of the concrete, studied ways, one of the only ways that psychological safety is created is that you get equal speaking time. Oh, so yes. Now, aren't there apps that track that? Um, I just use the timer. Okay. <laughs> my phone. You don't need an app to say, I talked six minutes yesterday, but you talked <laughs> that's way too complicated for me. But we we there's studies at Google, studies from Harvard that show equal speaking time in the room is what creates psychological safety. And then I'll I'll take it back to my marriage. You know, my husband is more of a verbal processor. So without the timer, he will just go on and on and on because that's Mm -hmm. how he processes and integrates information. I am more of an internal processor. So I actually need to be alone or even take a full 30 seconds to think before I speak. Mm -hmm. So in that kind of dynamic or you know, as, the, as Rebecca who wrote our, our foreword for the book, she's like, I will steamroller over my lovely husband because my energy is just bigger, right? And that does not create a safe dynamic in a relationship. So that's why in the All In Method, we actually tell you, time each other. Each person gets three or four or five minutes per step. You set the timer. You, it feels weird at first, but that's actually what creates the safe container. Mm,
1: okay. I like that a lot. I'm My marriage dynamic is a lot like Rebecca's and big energy over here, external processor, steamroller. <laughs> okay. So let's, <laughs> let's move into the four steps of the all-in method, which you also call AIM. Great. So, well, there's a couple
0: of very simple pieces that you just agree to before, like ground rules before. The first is the equal speaking time. The other is that you're not going to talk over each other. You're just going to listen to each other. This isn't like even problem-solving time. You're just getting equal time to share these four different buckets. And the next piece, and this is so simple, but I tell you what, this has been revolutionary and life-changing for me What's the topic? What <laughs> one thing are we talking about here? Right? Because you That's might see, important It's no joke. This is why I was so scared to bring up conversations in the past, because in my family, you could end up talking about dinner but then five minutes later, you're talking about how so and so in the family screwed you over 13 years ago. And now you're redressing all of the horrible things that have ever happened in your family, right?
1: <laughs> yes. Well, you know what? You know, the first thing that popped into my mind when you said that is because I've been in conversations before where, you know, I'm the one who, you know, musters up the courage to have a hard conversation with someone. And then that person uses that as an in to share their beef about something else. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's not fair. Like we're, we're not talking about that. And I, I always felt like you're using my courage as a jumping off point to do your beef when that was actually on you.
0: Right, right. And so that is why we have outlined with this, like when you invite someone to a tough conversation you can just simply ask them, email them, or text them in advance. I'd like to talk about topic X with you. Can we agree to just like, you know, we'll share equally about these four things and we'll just stick to this topic in this conversation. And mm-hmm. it's magic, seriously. Mm-hmm. And if somebody cannot agree to those things with you, then maybe they're not a safe person to have this conversation with yet.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's tough too. Okay.
0: It is. It is. And it may <sighs> feel weird, but mm-hmm. I tell you what, game changing totally changes relationship dynamics. So let me walk you through the four steps. And I can, I can talk you through like how we used this for, for COVID vacation conversations that we've had um, in the last few months. So the try to
1: decide if you're going what you're going to do or if you're going to do it.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then it's very, you know, you can easily translate this into, you know, what do we do with the kids for mm-hmm. school for the changing dynamics there? So yeah. the topic was, do we go to my mother-in-law's 90th birthday party and the niece's wedding? <laughs> okay. okay. Which a lot of people are having to make those decisions. Yeah. Yeah. So you first share... Okay, the four topics are you share your intentions, concerns, boundaries, and dreams about this specific topic. Mm-hmm. So your intentions are your why. Why would you even want to do this thing? Like, what are the just the the broad strokes? And it can be really simple. Like, I, you know, I want to see family. I want to get out of the house. I want to take a road trip. Um, you know, I I want to be there for this life event, Mm -hmm. or it could be something like, I feel obligated to go visit your family. I, you know, yeah, I, I feel like if I don't go, they'll all hate me. (laughs) Right. All valid (laughs) intentions. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that one's usually the shortest one It kind of sets the stage. And again, equals, give each other, you know, give each other two minutes to do this. Mm -hmm. The second one is what are your concerns about this topic what are all of your fears and worries and we really encourage you to be as vulnerable as, po- as as vulnerable as feels safe right depending on the situation and the person you may not want to be completely revealing right if it's a work situation or whatever but this I'm talking to my husband we know each other well we know the situation mm-hmm. and our fears were really similar i was you know I was concerned that you know we'd go and get sick, or we'd go and get his ninety-year-old mom sick. Or you know, are we going to stay in a hotel? What's that going to be like? Yeah. Um, I'm I'm worried about staying in a hotel. That just feels uncomfortable. I, I'm worried that I won't be able to relax. That'll come home feeling more exhausted than when we left. Um, I'm worried that if we don't go, that again the family will hate me. They'll blame it all on me because I'm the one who has all these rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All valid. All valid. And he had he had slightly different concerns. You know, he's like if I don't go, my brother's going to, you know, verbally abuse me for hours. If we do go, my family's really mean and teases us. So like well, mm. I can't win. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you, so you just really uncover what the fears are. And the and why this is so important it actually has a calming effect on your amygdala and your nervous system when you share your fears out loud in a safe space. Hmm. It actually has a soothing effect when your partner is just like they're listening to you. And you're like, okay, I said my worst fears out loud and I'm still alive. And look, they're still here. Okay. (sighs) Then you each share your boundaries. Now again, this is something that this is one of those missing conversations. Mm-hmm. You know what do you think of these two questions when you're trying to figure out your boundaries for something? What do you need to be your best, and what do you need to feel safe? So, for me to be my best i I usually don't want to make that trip. You know, driving five hours there and five hours back in the same day. Yeah. You know, I usually want to stay overnight and usually two nights so that I'm not like turning around, rushing back the next day. But in this situation, like, you know, I have different boundaries. Actually, this time I don't want to stay in a hotel and I don't even want to go into a roadside rest area. So, we're going to pull over and I'm going to pee by the side of the freeway <laughs> if I need to. <laughs> I, I don't feel safe going into, you know, here on the East Coast, we have these rest areas that are like, a, it's like a mall.
1: And yeah, like they are nice. I had a friend from the West Coast comment on our on our rest stops in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. They are but, really nice. <laughs>
0: but it's a lot of people. Lots of people yes. didn't feel safe with that. But also my boundaries once we get there, like, I don't want to go inside any homes, You know, unless it's to use the restroom real quick, I don't want to, I won't hug anybody. You know, we're going to wear our masks the whole time. So we just went through like what all of our safety boundaries were and then what I need to feel my best. Okay, we got to bring food with us that's really tasty. So we have good snacks and good music in the car. And how can we make this feel as good as possible if we go? And then your partner shares their boundaries. And think of them as starter boundaries, right? They don't have to be perfectly formed yet. And you're not ordering off a menu. You're not making demands. Mm -hmm. And when you hear the other person's boundaries, try not to take them personally. Actually, with the whole conversation, whatever the other person is sharing, we've gotten to the point, we, we think this is really important when we teach, whatever you hear the other person saying, even if it's the fear that involves you, it's their fear. It's not, don't take it personally. So if we can mm-hmm. go into a conversation with that understanding, it's so much easier for us to be vulnerable together.
1: I love that you said that because I could see, especially the boundaries thing, it, people taking that as like a literal demands list. you know, mm-hmm. like some diva who only wants green m ms and mm-hmm. you know what I mean? like but no, it's it's not. It's just here are the things I need to feel to to be my best. It doesn't mean I have to have every single one of them in order to say yes. is that is that kind of how I'm reading
0: it? Absolutely, and I love that you brought up the green M and M's because that story. You know, I think it was actually Van Halen, the band, that put that in their writer when they would perform in these huge mega domes. Uh They said we only want like brown M and M's in the green room, and why they did that is because they knew once they arrived at the green room, if there were only brown M and M's, that somebody had actually taken the time to read all of their needs and that they were going to be safe and well taken care of. If those details were glossed smart. over, right, these are huge arenas and there's a lot of safety issues. It's a very dangerous place to perform. So they actually put it in there as a red flag that our performance might not be up to safety measures. So we're going to have our team go through and check everything again. How Interesting.
1: smart is that? And I that, didn't know the background of that story. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So the last part of the conversation is my favorite. And we specifically put it at the end because it brings you back together as a team. You share your dreams. And this is where you, you, you go big. You get expansive. You, you know, If this thing were to go extremely well, better than you know, we could even hope, what would be true? And you really start like future casting. Like, how will I feel? What will I experience? And so, you know, we had we had two outcomes that were really clear. One was we have, you know, we have great memories that we've created together as a family. And the other is nobody gets sick. Mm-hmm. And that was honestly, that was honestly the most important thing for us. So it did help us make decisions for our family with all of the important pieces known there was nothing missing and why it's so important to end on dreams together is you actually start releasing oxytocin together when you get into that expansive thinking and sharing space and when you release oxytocin together you're chemically bonding together you actually like come back together and when you hear somebody else's dreams You know, it's like almost impossible for you to not want that for them too. Right. And then they hear yours and they want your dreams for you. So then you are in this this mindset together. We're like, all right, we're going to work together on this as a team. We're going to find the best possible solutions. And we've seen this work. I mean, it has worked in our marriage countless times with our son, and you know again with tech teams with leadership teams with my private coaching clients it gets you so far so fast and you get so clear that uh, you know I, i've never used another system that worked this well
1: i it's fascinating and and well now i'm curious did you guys end up going to so, the birthday
0: party <laughs> so because of our conversations the family actually for once listened to our needs and they pushed it a month. So instead of doing it at the beginning of August, it's now happening at the end of September. And my husband is going by himself. Okay. I'm staying home because that just, that felt safest and it felt Mm -hmm. like it took everybody's needs into account. And we feel really good about that decision.
1: Good. Oh my gosh. It's well, let me, I just wanna say again, the book is Radical Alignment, How to Have Game Changing Conversations That Will Transform Your Business and Your Life. The link will be in the show notes for everybody. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell everybody where to go to to find out more about you. You have the most fascinating background in 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 a few different areas, but I wanna ask one more question that I think is important. I, is I think where a lot of people get stuck. I mean, you can tell me, but it's it's the invitation to a high stakes conversation. I've heard so many people say, you know, I haven't had the best luck having hard conversations with my boss or my partner or my my child. How do I invite them and and have them? Hopefully, say yes. Yeah, great. So
0: the last thing anyone wants to hear is we need to talk. We need to talk. <laughs> Oh my god! No, (laughs) no, you're—I mean, my fighter. Answer is no. (laughs) (laughs) So what I do, and I have used this with such success in business and personal. You ask someone, "Hey, can we talk about X on Saturday?" (laughs) Give Mm -hmm. like four or five days to talk about a topic. Recently, I also emailed my. Aunt and uncle, because I had some old family mythology that I needed to straighten out with them. I emailed them and I said, Hey guys, I would love to talk about this thing. Can I can we email back and forth about this? Like, I I just really I want to get clear about some stuff. I want to understand some things. And I really I just I love you guys so much. And these these things are hard for me to talk about on the phone. Would you be willing to email about it? And they were like, sure. We'd be Mm -hmm. happy to. So even though I have a very close relationship with them and I can call them on the phone, we've been emailing about some really heavy emotional topics and it's been wonderful. With my son, I will put a post-it note and I'll put it in his room because, you know, he sleeps till noon because he's 13. Mm -hmm. I'll put it in his room and I'll say, hey, good morning. I'll see you at lunch. And hey, at some point today, we need to talk about X. Mm-hmm. let me know when you want to do that. So I empower them to choose the time and I let them know in advance. And it's a friendly invitation. So that's my best advice.
1: I love that. It sounds like the key is that you tell them what the topic is instead of having them wonder and go through 37 different scenarios.
0: <laughs> we need to talk. could be anything. <laughs> could
1: be literally anything. And that is so scary. I always, One thing I do, and I don't know if this is good or not, but When I need to talk to one of my children, I'll say, can you come downstairs? We need to talk to you. You're not in trouble. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because the vast majority of the time, they're not. Right. Right. (laughs) But times I don't say that, then they start sweating.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And actually, what we've done with a lot of either in team um, trainings or in my work with um, one partner and a couple, I'll say, you know what? Print out the cheat sheet from the book book and give it to them in advance. Like, Hey, I'd love to talk about topic X and let's use these points to help guide our conversation. So like Mm -hmm. give it to them in advance. So they have time to look at it and think about it. So you're not springing it on them and then having to facilitate the conversation. You've both had time to think about it.
1: That sounds very, a conversation that is co-created as we like to say in the coaching world, Mm -hmm. (laughs) instead of one person being the boss. Because again, I don't know all the answers. Right, right. I love it. So again, radical alignment, how to have game-changing conversations that will transform your business and your life. Alex, thank you so much. Where do you want to send people to learn more about you? We'll, We'll obviously put the links in the show notes for the book, but what else?
0: Yeah. You know what? I love to hang out on Instagram. You can find me there at
1: delicious Alex. Amazing. I have so enjoyed this conversation. This is such an important topic and one that everyone can relate to because we all have relationships with people. We all have conversations. And I just appreciate the work that you do in the world and, and trying to get people to come to come together and, and love one another and take care of each other a little bit better. So thank you so much. Was there anything that got left out that you feel like you need to still say?
0: You know what? There's one last thing. I use this by myself I go through my intentions, concerns, boundaries, and dreams for myself about my own questions, projects, and problems all the time. It's a great journaling exercise.
1: Interesting. And I love the simplicity of it. It's, simplis- it's simple, but powerful. Yeah. Simple it, works. It packs a punch. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been so fun. I, again, and the other link to the show that Alex was on before where we talked about very different things, but also very important that's in the show notes and everyone, you know how important I understand that your time is and I appreciate that you spend it here with me and my guests. And until next time, everyone, I will see you all out in cyberspace. Bye-bye.